Okay, here's how Miro works. See, it's amazing. What's everyone doing at David's desk? Ever since marketing started using Miro's collaborative online whiteboard, he thinks all our other teams should sign up. Why? He says Miro's making his meetings disappear. And if every team gets on it, that means even less meetings. They're using Miro for brainstorms, mind maps, customer research. So could we use Miro instead of having another hundred meetings for every round of feedback? Yep. You can comment, react to ideas, even leave a recording on the board. And what about presentations? There are Miro templates for that. How do you know so much about Miro? I've actually been using it all along. I just used a Miro board to plan the best vacation. Okay, I'm on board. See how Miro users save up to 80 hours every year by meeting less and doing more. Get on board at Miro.com with three boards free forever. That's M I R O.com. And I quote There is no better preparation for the Ashes than a clean sweep versus India and New Zealand. Jeru, April 2021. Some things just do not age well. How are you feeling? Well, I'm going to start off. I'm feeling disappointed, disenchanted, defeated. Oof. I feel let down, disconcerted, miffed, irked, frustrated, upset, disillusioned. Ooh. Not even angry anymore, Rich. Just wow. dad. 271 oh. to win. You're 68 for none. You're 124 or out. You're 56 runs for 10 wickets. It's the worst in Australia since 2000. Sorry, since 1948. That's how I'm feeling. How are you feeling? Yeah, I feel great, Rob. How are you doing, mate? You know, I've just I've just found that I've got an Australian grandparent, so go Aussies. No, I haven't really. I wish I had. Oh man, Can you, what the? <laughs> what the hell was that? Fifty six. Can you put words to basically fifty six all out? No, I don't think you can. Look, it's just frustrating. I've, I think I've already gone past that point of anger, annoyance, all those words you've just said, frustration. Not even disappointed. It, it was pathetic in the end, wasn't it? Yeah. Love me some England cricket. Love the England cricketers overall, but it was atrocious. Massive, massive changes have to come from this, uh, not just with the squad, potentially coaching, all the rest of it, selection, etc. County game, everything is going to be on the table, or at least it should be. There's so much to get into, Rob. There's so much to talk about. Um, but the game itself, I mean, they look like they, they're had the chance of an earlier flight. I think it's as simple as that, isn't it? Some Someone popped in and just went, hey, lad, did you know you can, you can change flights if you want? No, no charge. And then 56 all out, basically, wasn't it? Uh, 56 for the 10 wickets in that, that second innings. It was a perfect and fitting finale yeah. for this tour. England were atrocious. A 3-1 or a 3-0 to Australia would not have given them credit they deserved. I think a 4-0 is about right. I think England just about deserved one draw, didn't they? Uh, a couple of things went right, showed a bit of grit, but 4-0 is absolutely bang on. It's a proper stuff. It, it is. Um, Parky1712 left us a comment on YouTube that said, we don't need a sentence to describe England, just one word, <laughs> shambolic. And I, I, yes. think, um, I think that is very true. The, the funny thing is, when you yep. look at the whole series, you go, mm. oh, yeah, it's 4-0, we avoided the whitewash. We were one wicket away, <laughs> yep. one ball yep. away from a whitewash. <laughs> Well, should we just break down the results, the winning margins for a second? Not break down, I'm just going to go through them. Brisbane, nine wickets. Adelaide, 275 runs. Melbourne, an innings and 14 runs. Sydney, match drawn. Well done. Hobart, 146 runs. That's smashed. That's that really is, bad. <laughs> that is a, that's lying in a gutter smashed, isn't it? So, 
So we find the cells, 19 mm. and 3 in Australia in the last five series, mate, down under. Of Can which... we say 13 nil? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 13 nil in the other ones, other than that one series in, in the last 2010 three. 11. Um, yeah. And I think what's frustrating is you take this game in isolation and this just kind of fulfills the English mm. prophecy of the last few years of what we are. We show glimpses mm. and then things just turn to rubble pretty quick. <laughs> now quick. we yeah. had Australia 12 for three here on the first day. It was absolutely incredible. Yep. Smith had gone, Kawaja had gone, Warner had gone, Robinson and Broad were bowling superb. Marnus Lavashane came out on yep. an excellent counter-attack, even though we dropped him again on zero. Yeah. What would that would have what would have been the score then? It would have probably just been a few extra, wouldn't it? Three yeah. for call it around that for same. Four. Yeah. It that's you, that's the difference in the test match, isn't it? Really? Obviously, the second innings for England when you didn't see what that was going to come. Um, but the, what position they were in to start the test and to, to almost get it four down as well. We just don't know how to win a game. Well, we actually don't because Travis mm. Head comes out and he man of the series, Travis Head. Yep. Uh, and, and, you know, there needs to be a doth of the cap to the Australian selectors because everything they've touched turned to gold. They had a question mark at the yep. start of the series. Do you go Quadra? Do you go Travis mm. Head? Travis Head, two centuries in the series. This one, 101 mm. off 113 balls, playing yep. on a completely different pitch to anyone else that had played the game. Very mm. similar to how he went at the Gabba. He was immense. He was positive. He was... I think the thing that sticks out for me is how clear he is about what he is going mm. to do with England bowlers and where they bowl. There's there's mm. no fluff around it. If it's short, it gets pulled. If it's full, it gets driven. Mm. And if it's anything in between, I'm going to defend or leave. And it's just really clear. And I, I just really appreciate how he goes about playing his cricket. It's just excellent mm. cricket from an excellent man playing an excellent series who's now solidified himself as the number five for Australia. Absolutely. Averaging just shy of 60 for the series, wasn't it? 357 runs, top scorer in the series. <laughs> Rightly man of the series as well, I think, as well, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, he got that accolade. He's played a lot of county cricket last couple of years, last two or three years, hasn't he? Yeah. Down at Sussex, I believe. This is what happens when you have a bit of preparation. You've got some experience about who you're facing. There's some players in this England setup that haven't been to Australia, certainly haven't played at a good standard in Australia, and certainly haven't come across this attack in Australia or yeah. probably anywhere, really. When are we going to learn? When are we going to learn? We, we need to start getting these players in front of these players and, and in these conditions, whether it be India or whether it be Australia, we have to get these players in these conditions before we go ahead and have a full-on test series, a five-match test series, which that's something I think needs talking about as well. Should England get a five-match test series in Australia next time round? When was when 2010-11 was the last time we actually was competitive in Australia? Yeah. There is an argument to say this should only be a three-match test series. You can't do it, mate. You, you can't do it. You can't. You can't take. Mate. I saw somewhere the other day, actually, the complete opposite. Justify it. On the <laughs> saying it should be a six-test match series. Oh, because it, there's so much money involved in it. I'm just like, well, okay, that's, yeah, that's true. But that's everything that's wrong with sport when you yeah. start doing that. The, the, the penny pinch yeah. it, and they're like, oh, I'll take a bit of this. Oh, yeah. this is good. I'm gonna, put, I'm gonna put more water on that tree and grow it more. Can't yeah, grow no, anymore. that's. No, 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 no. No, I, I obviously, I'm saying it half in jest. I would hate to think that we'd ever get uh, relegated to that status, but we have done nothing over the last few series. With 13 nil, isn't it, in the last three series down under, yep. we have done nothing to justify having this headline, uh, you know, making series. 
this isn't elite cricket. This isn't great sport. This is it's it's one-sided nonsense, really, at the moment, isn't it? Down under. 18 months time, Rob, we've got Australia in England. And I don't want to get you know zigzag too far with this conversation, but we need to make sure that we've got some things in place because it, yes, we can say preparation and all those other things and playing Australia in Australia against this attack is difficult, but what you know, just because it's in England doesn't mean this Australian team won't absolutely hand yeah. the English this English setup an absolute spanking in England. And I don't know what will happen if that that does occur. Maybe if they, if they don't make enough sufficient changes in the setup and all the rest of it, then we probably will be seeing a, an absolute spanking in England. But um, yeah, that's something to look ahead to. We don't want to focus everything towards the next Ashes. Now we've just finished the Ashes. Um, but uh, but it's certainly worth considering. <laughs> it, it, it is. So the, the Aussies did very well, 303. And I, I think this is what England mm. lack. Australia still managed to score 300. Yeah. And win a test match when David Warner and Steve Smith both got a pair. Yeah. For the first time ever in test history that those two playing together have got a pair. They still managed to score 300 Travis Head, number five, scores 100. Cameron Green was superb for his 74. I, I like his mm. poise and patience that he had at the crease here. I thought Mark Wood was exceptional, and he was exceptional throughout mm-hmm. the whole series, particularly in the second innings here, and yeah. it was good to see him get some rewards. But if this was the first time I really saw Cameron Green show some mm. assurance against facing Mark Wood, because I've always thought Mark Wood's going to have his number just because of the pace. I haven't mm. quite seen Cameron Green have a good enough technique it always looks really hurried. Who wouldn't at 145k? But here, I thought he was exceptional and 300. But you, you know, you know, we talk about this England team when we've talked about oh, Sibley doesn't score quick enough, Burns doesn't score quick enough, Hamid doesn't score quick enough. You get yourself in a hole. Australia were bowled out in 75 overs. Mm-hmm. They scored at four and over, 303 on the board. You don't look at it and go, oh, well, they bowled out for 150 because they scored at two and over. That's not part of the conversation. They were positive mm. in the right areas and at the right parts of the game to mm. be able to score 375 overs against a bowling attack that you've got to say with, you know, Broad and Robinson at the top. Robinson uh, suffered a side strain, I think, in this first inning, so only mm. bowled his eight overs or back spasms. That's, that's really good. That's, that's really good, positive cricket and just not being there. How many times does a team bat 150 overs? And what are you trying to do if you bat 150 mm. overs, England? Are you trying to score 300? Are you trying to score yeah. 350? Like, you can score <laughs> 300 in you know, one rotation of the ball before the new ball becomes available. It's just mindset, Absolutely. moments. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, a lot of credit, when we are talking about England and we are trying to pick some positives out, we have to look at the bowling attack to say that the bowling hasn't been that bad. Dropped catches have been a serious issue. Yes. Selection have been a big issue. Getting the right bowlers on the right surfaces at the right times. Potentially when uh, Root is using the, using the bowlers in which situation. So we have to give credit to the bowlers. But this test match, 303, 75 overs. After getting them three for, was it three for 12? Three for 12 and Labuschagne going, uh, missing that opportunity. It could have been four for not many more. The wheels then fell off though, didn't it? You lost control. Yeah. An attack with Broad, Robinson, Wood and Wokes should not lose control, should not be going at four, fives and over. Nah. And as well as Mark Wood did bowl in this game, he was going for over 615 off his eight overs. Yeah. 18 overs, sorry. Eight, Jesus. <laughs> that would have been worse. Yeah, um, that's fair. So, his first spell was pretty ropey. Yeah. Same with Chris so, Wokes. Chris Wokes was short or half follies, mate. We, we love you, Chris. We love you, Chris. But I, I honestly don't want to see him go to Australia again. I want to see no. Chris Wokes play in England. 
and wherever else, but I don't want to see him go to Australia again, yeah. as much as we absolutely adore this guy as a cricketer. Um, but you just cannot afford that, though. This, this test match, was this, it was decided on this first day, wasn't it? You get them three down. This is the opportunity, England. This is what you've been waiting for. We finally get there. We could, we've got all these excuses of lack of preparation. We get the draw in the fourth test and we win in the fifth. Look, see, if we only would have had more preparation and more time out there, look at what we could achieve. Look at that. You know, it's 1-0 in the last two test matches. We could dress it up however we wanted. And we had that opportunity. And as soon as we had that opportunity, we missed Lavishane. And then suddenly you've got blokes going along at strike rates of 83 for Lavishane, 90 nearly for Travis Head, 67, 68 for Cam Green. It's ridiculous. Yeah, 12 ridiculous. runs off 10 overs, mate. 12 runs off 10 it's overs. Ridiculous. That means we scored the other 290 runs off 65 overs. They're going yeah. at almost so f- fives. Yeah, four and over for the innings. And like you said, probably fives. Uh, after that initial spell so that isn't good enough and this is frustrating isn't it that the bowling has been so well to let it down when you have that point you have the moment where you've got that in in your sights you're ready to kill and it's just we just screwed it up we just threw it away and then the rest of the test match is history but then then we yeah then then we had a bat mate and we did what we've (laughs) done we've put a thing out on twitter um leading edge pod if you want to go and follow us Mm. We've been bowled out 19 times for less than 200 in the last three years from this date going back three years. No team is close to us. Um, no. 2021, we got bowled out for less than 210 times, which is the worst ever in, worst cric- in world cricket for a team. Um, we're, we're shambolic with the bat, yeah. and we were pretty shambolic here, starting with Rory Burns getting run out. I I need to say something about this. I don't make many accurate predictions, but if you remember a prediction for this test match, I said Rory Burns will be out second over the innings. Did you? I did. I'm pre- oh. I'm 99.9% sure of this. <laughs> Obviously, I did not predict a run out. I assumed he was going to nick off or whatever. But yeah, um, the return in Rory Burns, zero. Um, he got himself 26 in the second innings, but I'd just like to point out that's an average of 13 for the test match. He came into this test averaging 12.74 in the series. So we got exactly what we expected off Rory Burns. So I'm so pleased he was brought back in the team ahead of, oh, you had to drop him. He's completely had it. Hasib Hamid, who averaged 10, 3 or 2.74-ish less than what Rory Burns did. So so we were that sure we had to bring Burns back in for Hamid. Um, Yeah, obviously, Hamid, that's another conversation. We'll get to that in a bit. But come on now, Rory Burns did not justify being selected back into this team. No, he he definitely didn't. And we were we were bailed out of this innings, mate, to be honest. Mm-hmm. We, we found ourselves four for 81. We found ourselves uh, six for 110. And mm-hmm. uh, Mark Wood hit some runs down the order. Chris Wokes scored at a 75 strike rate, scored mm-hmm. 36. Sam Billings looked really nice. Yeah. 29 on debut. That was positive, good, intent cricket. Yeah. Um, we just failed yeah. further up the order, mate. Again. Yeah, absolutely. I was really pleased with Billings. I didn't know how he would come in, but he was like a breath of fresh air, wasn't he? All the interviews go building up to this test match. He sounded like he had a different difference about him uh, compared to the, uh, the, the war-weary uh, players that were already in the squad for four test matches. He played really well. He was fluent, wasn't he? He was playing at a good rate. It was a little bit of a compulsive sort of, I've been playing white ball shot. Uh, So it was disappointing. And I really hoped in the second innings he'd go on and put a score down to see if he could be an option going forward. Again, conversation for another day. Don't think he quite grabbed the opportunity as much as he would have wanted to, but he certainly did look like he belonged in this first innings. 
Um, he, he looked yeah, like he belonged on the pitch, I thought, mate. Yeah, the, the absolutely. The way he carried yeah. himself as the yeah. wicketkeeper, yeah. the voice, the energy of the team. I thought yeah. I thought he gave us that, whereas yeah. Josh Butler, I think, was just burning out and flat and going, mm. mate, I'm just over this. Whereas yeah. Billings is like new, fresh, and he's talking to the fielders. He's making them work yeah. hard. He was making sure people were doing the basics, mm. backing up. It, yeah. I, you could see him doing these things. Mm. And I, I, your wicketkeeper needs to be that. He needs mm. to be the heartbeat of the team on that field. And he, he gave us that, which is a positive. Yeah, yeah. He's put himself in a position where he should get an opportunity at some point down the road. You would imagine that he'll be on, you should tour the West Indies because there's obviously there's no other Red Bull cricket before them for England. So what are we judging it off? It's not like we've got half a county summer. So you'd think he'd be able to establish himself. Potentially, this is an opportunity, isn't it, to go in a completely different direction with wicketkeepers. Perhaps we do go Folks and Billings as our, our two wicketkeepers. And Johnny Bairstow, God love him, if he's going to play, bat him at six because I'm looking at this team now and with all due respect to Wally Pope, he is not an England test batsman at the moment and I'm not sure when he will be again. He's a very talented player, but that dismissal in the first innings, this obsession with batting outside your off stump and fiddling around at balls at five, fifth or sixth stump, I don't understand it. Someone please explain to me the benefit of doing that. I understand trying to get onto off stump to see your line but how it's being executed by people like Pope, I've not seen someone do it and do it brilliantly when you're getting outside that off stump. And it just seems baffling. He's dismissal in the second innings as well without getting too far ahead. He's got that far outside. He's got bold around his legs. Yeah. He's all over the place. Now, it's great to identify these young players as the future, the talent. But at some point, you have to just say, OK, it's not working at the moment. We're not writing them off. Hamid, perhaps Pope, others. But just let them go away. Let them go back into county cricket and go and find their games, develop, mature, and then bring them back in. Maybe give them some Lions cricket if we ever give people Lions cricket. You know, build them back up to the point where the, when they come back in the team, they are banging the door down, kicking the door down, rather than, like in this series, Rory Burns. Oh, well, I suppose you better play Rory. Yeah. No one else is in. I, th I think the thing with batting on off, it makes leaving the ball, which we're not doing, very, very easy. Because you know where... You know where your stumps are, and you don't need to be playing the fourth, fifth stump line. But but the execution <laughs> of that is absolutely bonkers, and it was yeah. a six six stump line that he was nicking off to, just playing a defensive push. It's completely mm. irrational, and Pope's partially responsible for this. He's the guy out on the pitch with the bat. But what's going on mm. with the batting coach? Like you will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your abs. They pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout, you failed. Seriously? What the hell? We're Body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At Body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a Pizza Monday kind of way. In a loving your whole life kind of way. In a this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In a I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I eat what I want today kind of way. In a I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. See that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are Body. Start your free trial at Body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com. The batting coach can only do so much, but surely with the work around doing that is K, if you're batting in this position because we feel that's what's better for you, is you then go leave these balls and these become your mm. scoring areas. This is how you're playing. I'm not quite... 
Oh, mate, the, the coaching setup needs a complete. It. No, the coaching setup needs a complete review, doesn't it? I'm, you cannot go into the next series without some changes in this coaching setup. I'm not saying that these guys aren't coaches of great pedigree, great experience, and all the rest of it, Graham Thorpe and, and etc. But who has improved in this England setup on this tour? You could argue maybe Zach Crawley's improved, or or is he just playing the same way? And he he, he did well, and he he took it took an opportunity. But nobody improves in this setup with the bats. Not one player over this series has improved as this tour's gone on. They've been away for a long time. That means a lot of nets, a lot of throwdowns, a lot of practice. Nobody technically or you know success rate scoring runs has improved. So there has to be an issue there. There has to be a change there. Hasib Hamid has gone there and he has gone from being someone that looked okay at the end of the summer to he yeah. might have an opportunity. Yes, we've got question marks. He's probably been picked too early and it's unfortunate for him in a way that when he has come back in the team, it's a winter of Australia rather than a couple of more pleasant overseas tours. Let's put it that way. But again, who's looked after him? Who's, who's helped him? Because he's gone into a shell. He's completely lost the plot with his technique over the series. I've got no doubt next summer he'll come back and do well. But they've completely ruined him this, this winter. And it's going to take a bit of a job, isn't it, when he gets back to Knotts to build him back up. And it's not just the coaching, it's also the mental side of things as well. It's a big job. And this setup yeah. just seems to have completely neglected any responsibility or any, any um, whatever the term might be, to improve players and make sure they you know, improve them mentally as well as technically. So they're very valid points, mate. And you can't argue with them. Can, can we look at it from the, the point of view that we go... This is a world-class Australian bowling unit. They yes, are two. exceptional. Yeah. Pat Cummins is best bowler in the world. Mitchell Stark yep. swinging it, sometimes swinging it. Shane Warne, um, Scotty mm-hmm. Boland coming in and doing what he's done is exceptional. Mm. And he's got every county team in the country knocking down his door, going, "Hey, mate, do you want to come <laughs> and play next year?" And surely got himself as a shoe in as Josh Hedgewood backup, maybe even a starter um, over yeah. in England in eighteen months. Can we look at it and go? This Australian bowling attack is world-class and it's, our batsmen are middle average test match cricketers, mm. maybe not even that yet, minus Joe Root, Ben Stokes, Johnny Bairstow. Yeah, I think like a lot of the times, mate, there is a nuance, isn't there? Both things can be true. Um, this is a very brittle England batting lineup and it's come against probably the best bowling lineup in the world. Yeah. In very, very um, familiar conditions and very difficult batting conditions for the, uh, you know, in Australia. So, absolutely, they, they're both can be true. Um, Pat Cummins, he's leading wicket taker, isn't he, in three consecutive uh, series? I think I've got it somewhere. What he's he got, yeah, three, 21 three consecutive wickets. Series. Yeah. yeah, 2019, 29 wickets, 2017, 18, 23 wickets, and 21 in this series. He has taken to captaincy incredibly. One of the questions that we look at is the whole Joe Roots, and we just think there's only only Stokes. But perhaps we can open it up into bowlers as well. I don't know who that person might be, but I think Australia has shown, and Pat Cummins has shown more importantly, that it doesn't have to be a batsman to be a captain in an international side. So, so I just think that it's a nice thing. It's a, it's a good <clears throat> kind of segue from this, this point of the innings. We're mm. halfway through the game. Mm. I've got a point here going, Joe Root, question mark. He is okay. due to miss the IPL. He doesn't play... IPL very often, but he's mm. excluded himself from it for test. Also has Ben Stokes. Um, mm. What are our alternatives to Joe Root? Mm. And I made a list and I said Ben Stokes, who was also okay. turned around and said, I'm not going to play IPL. Right. And then 
it's quite mm-hmm. hard when you've got a that your list? not sure <laughs> what your best 11 is. And also, yeah. because of the rest and rotation policy, how does, how does that work? And I made a list here and I said, Jimmy Anderson, Stuart Broad, Chris Wokes, David Milan, Johnny Bairstow. They're the only people I could put some sort of dial on and go, these people will play test cricket. Mm. But even even some of those names, though, they're not guaranteed to play. If, if, no. if Bairstow and Milan struggle in the first couple of tests, assuming they both play, which I, I, I imagine they should be at three and six in the West Indies when that gets underway, if they don't score in those first couple of tests, there's a good chance they won't be in the third test. Yeah. You know, because they haven't done that well. Johnny Bester, yes, he did very, very well in isolation. He got that 100, the only 100 an England batsman hit in this series. 10 innings, Rob, one mm. century. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you're absolutely right. The options are very, very small. When we last spoke about this, I was saying, I think the right thing to do is if assume if Joe Root wants to carry on, I think you, you have to let him. You can't sack him as captain. Yeah. He's yeah. done too much. He's done too well. But... I would rather Joe Root wasn't captain. And again, it's that whole conversation like we speak about openers and other positions. The correct decision, potentially, forgetting about anything else, is Joe Root probably, for the betterment of Joe Root and this team going forward, is that he steps down as captain and somebody else takes it on. The problem, again, we use the example as an opener, Rory Burns doesn't play, blah, blah, blah. The problem is, who comes in? Who is the replacement? You've just pointed it out very clearly. Once we go past Ben Stokes, then I'm struggling. Yeah. Potentially, why not give it broader, Anderson? Yeah. Why not? You know, for for a year or so until the next player has come in. We don't know who might come into this team or who already is already in the team, who develops themselves into the next senior player. But at the moment, if Root wants to continue, who will? If he wants to step down, Stokes, Broad, Anderson. That's all I can see. There's not a batsman I'd want to give it to. Uh, Wokes, I don't think will play enough perhaps perhaps he will i don't know it could be a question but again what's their cvs for captaincy any of those blokes um the other thing ben stokes as well is really important it's not just a case of well well if root steps down stokes get it stokes has just took a hell of a long time out of the game due to mental health issues trying to get himself in a good position he's had some real serious personal issues issues around injury which is people really don't focus enough on the impact of injury on players yeah, it's psychologically it's really difficult when you're away from a setup or you're recovering or you think you might not be able to get back to where you were you think your career's over it's a real strain it's a real stress and, and not enough gets said about it so all those things combined really put Ben Stokes back didn't it we don't know the every ins and out of it but we know that he had to take time out to, to look after himself are we going to say that the best thing for this team the best thing for Ben Stokes is to give him the captaincy now it's it's a fair question, and it's probably a question that no, people aren't asking, uh, mm. to be fair, because whenever you, you start talking about mental health and load on people, um, mm. you don't know what it's like to walk in their shoes. And also, it's very mm. hard. To, it's, it still can be a hard thing to talk about and go, is that guy yeah. mentally ready to do it? Because you're mm. asking questions of their mentality, which is sometimes a little mm. harsh on people. So it's, it is a question mm. that needs to be asked. And it's a question for Ben, I think, to sit down with his family and go, mm. do you want to do this, mate? Like, what, yeah. what? And I always look at life these days going, what does happy look like? What, you know, what, <laughs> what makes everything yeah. work? What makes everything tick? Because if the balance mm. goes, um, then things become hard for anyone in any walk of life, yeah. work, life, playing social cricket, whatever. Yeah. And, and there's three, three things to think about. There's probably more. But mm-hmm. is, is he a leader? Are people going to follow him on the pitch? Yes or no? 
what yes. is his skill set in terms of soft skills? Because we mm. see we see different approaches in world cricket these mm. days. You've got Justin Langer, who's hardcore. I'm probably going to shout at you, call you every mm. name under the sun, and we're going to be hard as nails. Who mm. he is to have softened up a little bit. But then you've got the Ashley Giles, um, Chris Silverwood. Everyone's nice, brilliant, soft skills, good people, good, good mm. people going around. Joe Root, bloody good person. Mm. Proud to have him as your captain. Mm. What, what do England want out of the captain? Mm. Is it someone that's just, you know what, the best person that we've got and we're proud to have him as our leader? Or do we want to go down a different route? And I'm not saying Ben Stokes is any of these, but it kind of fills into the coaching roles that's possibly going mm. to be available as well. It's what, who, what type of person do you want? Mm. And I'm not sure England know exactly what they want and there's trade-offs to anything in life. Um, yeah. I think just jumping in, I think the, the culture needs to be set by the settle. Yes. First and foremost, who is making the decision on who's going to be coach? Who's going to be making the decision on, on the selection process? Because I don't want to spend too long on it. There is no way in the world Chris Silwood can continue in this role as a selector, the selector, with the support of James Taylor, Mo Bobber, uh, and whoever else it was. There was only two or three people supporting him. And he was making all the decisions. We, we, we thought, okay, it's a fresh approach at the time. Let's see how it works. That's a hell of a lot of work for him. How's he going to get around the county games? Blah, blah, blah. And it's proven I, I, it can't be the right setup. And he's got authority. So that setup, we need to have that decision of who's who's setting the agenda, who's setting the culture of what that whole setup will be. Then the coach is decided. And again, that coach has to feed into that culture, but also he has to be on the right page with it as well. And then the captain comes along as well. It's that whole setup, isn't it? Yeah. I think this conversation with captain is going to be null and void because I think Joe Root will continue. I think, I don't know what will happen with the West Indies tour, whether he'll go there. I think he'll want to go out to West Indies. And then I think he'll be quite happy to get through this English summer yeah. uh, with a bit of rest, bit of rotation, as, as, it, as is the one for this England setup. And then I think the question will genuinely come at the end of this English summer before you start thinking about overseas tours again and whatever competitions are up ahead. And I can't even think at the moment where they're going next winter. But that's when I think the question will come back up. Um, and I hope by that point, Ben Stokes has had a brilliantly successful summer He's had a brilliantly successful time in his personal life and everything's absolutely fine. And he's ready to, he's ready if required to take on that role, because I'm certain a proud Englishman, a proud cricketer that Brent Stokes is, he'll want that captaincy at some point in his yeah. life. Absolutely will want it. So I think that's probably where it'll go. I think the, the more important questions potentially will be coach, coach's responsibilities, selector, selector's responsibilities. Yeah. Um, and how many people are around that. And also with the coach, not just the coach, the coaching setup, the people around him. We need a coaching setup that are going to start improving some of these players because we are not in that perfect scenario where a player comes perfectly finished and packaged up and just gets thrown to the England setup and go, go on, carry on. Yeah. We're just here to, to give you a drink and have a chat with, or do your throwdowns. We need coaches that will improve these players because they are not right. They're not ready yeah. for test cricket, clearly. So we can't just assume they're going to just play well as soon as when they get in the test cricket. We need improvers for coaches. Yeah, it feels like we need to just roll back a bit and have brave coaches who aren't. Yeah. Who can coach? It's it's intervention. Yes, the, the mindset Help. thing is um, hugely important. Getting mm. a player ready, 
Yeah. But I don't see players going on the pitch that's ready. I see players that are a little bit scrambled at the moment, and that's a, did you, that, that's a big problem. Did you see what Root said about the county, the players that are coming into this side? It's, they're, they're coming in in spite of county cricket, not yeah. because of county cricket at the moment. That's not very helpful, I don't think, for Joe Root in the bigger conversation. Obviously, there needs to be changes at county cricket. But, you know, it just shows you what, even internally, these players don't ever say anything negative, do they? No, but we've had that come out recently. We've had the whole thing with Ollie Robinson, which I'm sure we'll touch on in a bit, where the coach has come out and, and questioned his fitness. Suddenly, there's some cracks in this setup, isn't there? I don't know if people are trying to position themselves to be on the right side of arguments when it all uh, shakes out in a little while, but don't usually hear that with England. You don't. The, the Robinson one is very valid because Australia went and batted next, scored 155. Um, Mark Wood, brilliant, fast, yep. aggressive, six for 37. Got his reward for a lot of hard work this series. I think every England fan has, you know, already like him, but warm to mm. him more for the passion and effort that he's putting. I know the Aussies have. They absolutely love him. Mm. They think he's worth his weight in gold to this England team. Um, mm. Ollie Robinson, none for 23 off 11 overs, generally bowling a, a touch below 130. And you're right, just what you're saying. John Lewis has mm. come out and criticised his fitness and said he needs to be fitter. I've also seen people on Twitter talking about it, saying... Mm he doesn't look like he's fit and ready to play test match no. cricket. And it, it is a, a step up playing test match mm. cricket. You're playing five intense days as opposed to mm. probably three, three and a half days yeah. of county championship cricket. Um, much more mental strain going into that. But I think what we saw from the first couple of test matches was he probably wasn't fit for the third test match. He looked absolutely mm. shattered. So John Lewis has come out and said, hey, look, you're not, at the peak level of fitness that you want mm -hmm. to do. Now, what are your thoughts on this? Fitness coach coming out, calling someone out verbally, mm. globally, Twitterizing them, that's a new term, and just going, <laughs> hey, you need to be fitter, mate. I'm not a big fan of it. All The, the only way I'll give this a pass, because I've not been a big fan of the way England have, have treated players over the years, I've spoken enough about Samit Patel to, to fill yep. a podcast just about Samit Patel. But I, I hate the way that they've treated these people. There are different people with different body shapes and, and styles and all the rest of it. And it's their fitness. You know, it's the old thing. He doesn't, I mean, Ollie Robinson, just taking him on his own for a second, he doesn't need to look chiseled and perfectly athletic no. if he can get through his work. If he can't, that's a completely different thing altogether. It's not about physique, it's about fitness, isn't it? And is he fit to bowl? day in, day out, spell in, spell out over a long series. At the moment, no. And again, we can look back to county cricket for that. And, you know, I don't want to like pick on him and say, oh, well, he had a few questions in, mm. in his past. No, no, no. Let's not look at that. Let's just say he's come into the setup and he clearly, we would, I, this is my take on it anyway, he didn't realise what it, what it took to be a successful England bowler. He's yeah. now in a setup with Broad and Anderson. If in the future he doesn't know, then there's something wrong. You know, he had the summer, so I'm actually, as I'm, I'm backtracking a little bit as I say this, Rob, because he has spent time in the summer with these players, hasn't he? So maybe he should have known. Maybe they will have been coaching him to say what he needed to do. It's such a difficult one. We don't know behind the scenes, but I'm not comfortable with John Lewis, who's a bowling coach, ex-England bowler, John Lewis, coming out and, and publicly shaming uh, Ollie yeah. Robinson, unless they've been on at him ever since he came in the setup. Yeah. And the penny has not dropped and he is still not doing what he should be. He's not hitting the markers of fitness that he should be. And if that is the case, then you do, I suppose, get to that point where you're going, well, what else do we do? He's been around Somebody a long asked. time, eh? Like, he's, yeah. it's yeah. a long time without being a long time, but he's been around the yeah. set for the whole duration of the summer. 
and yeah. then had the winter, well, partial winter mm. to get ready for Australia. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's maybe, what made me back up. <laughs> everyone's got natural level of fitness mm. that are completely different. Mm. Um, I did read something that he wasn't a fast bowler until he was a little bit older, so he might not have mm. the durability mm. of a, a pace bowler that's someone that's got a lot more miles in the legs. But yeah, I, I look at it and go, he wasn't quite 100% fitness. But you, you, you've no idea what's going on behind the scenes. You don't know if he's no, had a winter no. with injuries or calf strains yeah. or back problems. Like It could be anything. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm just very nervous and uncomfortable with stuff like that happening in public. And yeah. I'm not sure it benefited anybody particularly. If you're not getting through to a player. Is your new year still falling flat? Do you avoid stairs with multiple steps? You are not alone. This year, millions will be diagnosed with low energy or low E. But Planet Fitness has the cure. With clean, spacious clubs and tons of equipment, you can boost your energy after one workout. Leave low E behind and find your big fitness energy at Planet Fitness. Join in the free PF app for $1 down, $10 a month. Join the judgment-free zone today. Deal extended to Wednesday, April 12th. See Home Club for details. In the setup, then you've got to ask yourself, why? Why, why, cannot, why can't you get through to that player as a coach or whatever your position might be within the setup? Why do you then have to go publicly? I think that's a failure of the coaching setup to, to yeah. not be able to deal with that or get through to him. You know, get Brody on his case, get Anderson on his case, get Woody on his case. Take different approaches, different people doing different things. You know, you, even in club cricket, you can have people going, right, you, you be a hard ass on him and you be, you be his mate. There's ways of getting through to people, isn't it? You can try different approaches. Yeah. Um, so I'm very uncomfortable with it. And England do not have a track record with dealing with these things well at all. And I <sighs> see another problem down the road with this. Uh, they like to have their players that they, um, you know, we've got the whole Owen Morgan thing with Alex Hales. We've had the fitness wing with Sam Patel. Joe Clark, someone that's played very well in big yep. match, this, uh, yep. you know, the not set ex Worcester player. I feel like he's another one that's probably got a bit of a black mark against his name still. We seem to have these vendettas with, with individuals within the England setup. And we are not good enough as a cricket nation at the minute to write off talented cricketers, no matter what age they are or what they can offer and in what format. Um, so we need to be very careful that Ollie Robinson doesn't become somebody else because if Broad and Anderson go soon, Joffrey's injured a lot of the time at the minute. And please, 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 whatever we all need to do to get him fit and firing for the next five or 10 years or whatever it might be, let's all do that. But when you get past that, we are then suddenly Wokes, uh, Ollie Robinson, Saki Mahmood, Craig Overton. We don't have a lot of proven performers here. Yeah. So we, we need, Ollie Robinson has come into Test Cricket and done pretty well. 11 wickets yeah. at 25 in this series. He's done well again. Maybe not as many wickets as he liked in four, four matches. Um, we need to have a go. Just, I just want to quickly say about Mark Wood as well, because obviously this is how we started it. 17 wickets. I'm so pleased he got that six wickets because that's exactly what he deserves. You know that my criticism of him has always been he doesn't take enough wickets. I will never question his character, his effort, his, all those other things, that, those things you need in a squad player, in a, in a fast bowler. You know, he's proven his fitness, hasn't he now? I think to himself, as much as anything else, he can play test matches back-to-back -back in tough series and tough conditions. So I'm so, so pleased that he's done that and he's established himself because we don't know what Joffre is going to be able to give us in the future or in the near future, should I say. So we need a fast bowler because I don't know who else is there. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who else is there. We're running out of... Uh, <laughs> we're running out of everything. We're running out of conveyor belt. And I, I guess this is kind of where we started with the, with the intro. England 2-7-1 to win. 68 for none. Zach Crawley looking like a million dollars. Rory Burns has got his balance back and his mm. timing back. 
68 for Norwich. Yep. Did, did yeah. you did you have little feelings going hmm, two seven ones on it? I I fancy us. Like we've got a we've got a good chance. We're we're gonna. I'm gonna be honest. I sat there and went, we're gonna win this, and I don't know what hmm. to say on the podcast if we win it. <laughs> you know me, Rob. We were going to win this test match, weren't we? You, Optimistic. I, I can't help it. I can't help it. As soon as I see England do a little bit of something, I'm like, ooh, we're back. Here we go. Um, so, yeah, Crawley, it was good to see him. It was going all right. I mean, at this point, I, I wasn't seeing this. Um, you know, I woke up to the message or I checked quick info and it was 50 for none. It's like... Yep, getting up in a minute, bit of breakfast, watch England knock off Australia. No problem. Um, I must have dozed and then I woke up again. It was like 60 or whatever it is for one. And then it was like, oh, okay, maybe not so good. Maybe not. Um, but yeah, still, still, I, I still thought that we might have something about us. But then it was a procession, wasn't it? Um, and it, it got to that point, didn't it, after a couple of wickets went, where it just seemed like everyone had just gone, ah, I've had enough now. Let's go home. Let's, you know, it's, it's one of those end of season games when you think you're on tour when you're having a bad season and in club cricket and you just want to, you just want to get back to your town or wherever your club and just go and have a few beers. So let's did get we, the season done. Mm. Did we deserve better though? Like, what we get to that, I'm going to give props to Cameron Green, who three wickets mm. before the break absolutely changed contest. Incredible yeah. player. But were you disappointed with the method? of dismissal yeah. of the last series. Because what do you want to see as an England cricket fan? You're watching England, you're 3-0 down last series. You want to see a bit of fight. You want to see a bit of dog. Yes. And yeah, just Rory Burns getting bowled around his legs first ball of the Ashes and Ollie Robinson getting bowled, standing on square legs, toes, trying to cut a Yorker. Like the, the bookends mm. of probably 18 days worth of nightmares. Yeah, Ollie Robinson did not want to be anywhere near that square, did he? I think that's, <laughs> let's put it. Let's put it there at the end. He's walked across. He's got somehow cleaned up with a full touch. He's just all over the shop. That should have been spacked out of the ground. And um, there's some shocking dismissals in there, there wasn't there? I mean, Ollie Pope's oh. bowled around his legs all over the place. Doesn't look, didn't look like he belonged anywhere near a cricket field, let alone an international one. And that's not to say Ollie Pope won't come back as a good cricketer somewhere in the future. Sam Billings, great first innings, but then he just—it was the flick up, wasn't it? The little flick, yeah. Yeah. flip to mid on. You know, one of the worst dismissals I saw, apart from a, you know, a few bold dismissals, but how many has he even made? I think the, the point where First it sort test, of turned yeah. wrong for him, yeah. he just did that little flick up to mid-on. This is the same. Sam Billings is no different. Absolutely shocking dismissal, this one. So we don't want to go too much on him because it's his first test match. But come on, what are you thinking? That's, that's the sort of shot I play in club cricket. You can't play that shot. Yeah. You've got to be better than that. Um, so yeah, all the way through the order, it was it was pretty atrocious, wasn't it? Mark Wood tried to have a bit of fun down the order. He's the only one that seems to have had a bit of backbone, um, really, <laughs> yeah. in this test match or, or towards yeah. the end of this test match. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, what can you say? Got to give Cam Green some, some credit as well, actually. You've just said it there again, and I just want to come back on that as well. In our preview, I didn't know much about Cam Green at all. I, I couldn't have picked him in a lineup. You know, it could have been him and his mum, and I still wouldn't have known which one Cam Green was. So the fact that he has come in as a young guy, what is he, 22 or something? 23. He suddenly, 23, he has given Australia something they haven't had for a long time. They always had the wicketkeeper batsman all round, and then the four bowlers that were just good enough to sort everything out. Yeah. Australia not only blessed with a battery of bowlers, 
Nathan Lyon and a group of seamers, whoever that three is you want to play. But they now have an international quality all-rounder that can bat at six and contribute. Uh, got himself a good number of runs in this series, didn't he? Let's have just have a look. 228 runs at an average of 32 at a good rate, 56. And then he's also chipped in with 13 wickets at 15.76. Hugely um, overlooked performer for Australia in this series. He looks a cricketer. He's got, a, got the build. He's big guy, isn't he? He comes running in. He's got a lovely run-up, lovely delivery, very strong in his action. And as a batsman, he looks like he's going to be better and better as he goes forward. The, it really annoys me that Australia have found this cricketer. We, we, were, we were looking for generations for Ben Stokes, it felt like. You know, Flintoff, for all these good he did. Flintoff was a good player. He was a match winner, but he wasn't a consistently good player like Ben Stokes is. They've just rocked up and suddenly they've got the all-rounder we've always wanted. Yeah. And it's I not think, fair. Not with I their think, bowlers as well. Yeah, the credit needs to go to their, mm. I think, the bowling unit. If you look at mm. this, Josh Hazelwood got injured in the first test match. He averaged 24 with the ball. Nessa came mm. in and averaged 30. Uh, Richardson came in and averaged mm. 24. Scott Boland came in, 18 wickets at nine, which is a, just a, a game fault. Yeah, Steve, just Steve Smith, it. one wicket <laughs> at 10. Cameron Green, 13 <laughs> at 15. Pat Cummins, mm. 21 at 18. Nathan Lyon, who had a poor first test, 21 wickets at 18. Um Mitchell Stark, who hasn't swung a ball according to Shane Warne, 19 wickets at 25, the weak length. That's yeah. an incredible level of consistency. And you can see the pitches in Australia mm. weren't stereotypical Australian 600-run pitches. They, no. If England had made selection right, had caught chances, mm. you wouldn't have been 3-0 down after three test matches. Mm-hmm. Um, the Aussies just outperformed England throughout. Yeah. They batted yeah. hard in the first three test matches, really ground out scores. Mm. David Warner in the first test epitomised that with his, mm. I think he got 94, 96. Just awful innings, but batted amazing to be able to bat a long period of time, set the team up for success, and mm. the battery of bowlers and the slip catches, other than the fifth test, which was a bit shambolic, have been <laughs> world-class. They caught everything for three test matches, mm. meaningful moments in games. They, they were winning the match. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't give enough praise to this Australian setup. You know, the days when the likes of Warner and Smith didn't perform, others did. Travis Head, not the leading light in Australian cricket, has gone and become the man of the series for this one and scored the most runs in the series for Australia. Osman Khawaja, out in the wilderness, comes back in and hits two centuries. We yep. can't even dream of a player hitting a century in a game at the moment, <laughs> let alone two in, two, two in a game. Everything that they did took, turned to gold, didn't it? Not much went wrong at all. It was lovely to see David Warner get a pair uh, in that in this test match, delighted. You know, he, he's a pantomime villain, isn't he? I like David Warner. I, I've got a lot of respect for him as a player, but it was it's still fun to see him get a pair. That's what the Ashes is all about. It is. Um, yeah, just just one to eleven. No matter what that eleven is, they perform. Just a slight correction, Rob. Sixteen wickets for Nathan Lyon at twenty three point five. Um, so I think you might have reread Cummings uh, when, oh, you, yeah. when you said here. Yeah. So before anyone jumps on Rob for, for that, I just want to get the correction in there, you plonker, before anyone calls you a plonker again. <laughs> plonker here. A fine performance. One thing I want to call out is, mm. and it, it's People been spoken calling about you a plonker. Before, it's, it's the rotation of this England team, the rest and rotation. Yeah. Now, there's good and bad to rest and rotation when you're mm. in bubbles, there's the COVID era, Mm. Um, it's it's very difficult for players. And this England team, yeah. rightly, have prioritised players' mental health and physical health over mm. results. Yep. That all gets forgotten, and I'm not saying it 
should, mm. but it gets forgotten when you go to Australia, you lose 4-0. Mm. You lose to India, you lose to New Zealand. How mm. you probably even lost in the back garden to the hotel staff. Mm. We got it wrong. Rest and rotation, okay. we got it right, mm. but we got it wrong with selection, with the rotation yeah. that we used. We played Jack Leach at the Gabba. He got smashed out mm. of the series. We didn't play Broad. We didn't play Anderson. Um, mm -hmm. We started things wrongly. Yeah. We picked wrongly throughout. Yep. Who's responsible for that? Is that Joe Root? Is that <laughs> Joe Root going, this is the team I want to take the pitch at the Gabba? Or is it Chris Silverwood with influence people coming in? Who's, who's, the, who's the guy? Who's, who's the guy that's well, responsible for poor decision-making throughout the series as well? <laughs> There's been a lot of it. Yeah, I mean, technically, you've got to point to Silverwood because he is the man that makes the decisions. He is the ultimate, the number one supremo head, head honcho and all those things. Sorry about that. Um, so he's ultimately responsible. He's going to be fed into a lot by the likes of Graham Thorpe, John Lewis, etc. everybody else in that coaching setup, whoever those people may be. Uh, can't think of the whole setup off the top of my head. Don't really want to at the moment. So I don't, I'm not that impressed by it. Yeah. So that has to be there. But there is no way in the world Joe Root is not having conversations by saying, I would like him. Yeah. I would like him. I'd, I would prefer to have him. So everybody, as, as with a win, everyone should get a, a level of credit. You know, great decision to pick him on this pitch. We won the test match. Well done. Let's all pat ourselves on the back. Same with defeat. Everybody needs to take a portion of that blame, but Chris Silverwood ultimately is his responsibility. He's like the CEO, isn't he? The MD, yeah. whatever you want to call it. It's ultimately up to him. Just want to quickly pick up what you're talking about, about the whole rest and rotation and the mental health. In England, we were, we, something we're probably able to do much easier because when you are resting somebody, especially if it's for those reasons, when you're getting them out of the bubble and sending them home, that's what you're doing. In Australia, <clears throat> if you're resting someone for a test match, it's because you've made a decision you'd rather someone play or somebody's not fit. Um, there isn't really much you can do in this series to, to kind of look after the mental health, mental well-being. They're just they're stuck in a bubble. It's simple yeah. as that. You've got people in Australia, left, right and centre, going to pubs and restaurants and whatever now. I know there are still restrictions in place in some places, but it's more free, isn't it? You've got people coming into cricket stadiums to watch cricket. I don't think these England players would have been able to go and do anything as free as watch a game of cricket, yeah. uh, particularly on this tour. So it's it's really difficult. I mean, if we were deadly serious about the well-being of these players, maybe it would have been sensible, I'm not saying it would have been exactly desirable, but maybe it would have been sensible to actually have had some replacements. Yeah. To actually say, we're gonna we're gonna give some, these guys are gonna be here for the first three tests. And as much as they might want to stay for the whole series, that's all that's all we're gonna do. We're gonna bring some more people in. Again, I'm not saying it's necessarily what we'd want to, but because of the extreme circumstances of the last 24 months um, and the pressures that all these players have experienced over that period of time, perhaps there would have been something more drastic that could have been done. We could have had the Lions maybe hanging around for a little while um, just so we could actually overlap and then send a few guys home. I don't know. Maybe we could have done that. But, yeah, overall... I think, I think we could have done that, mate. And India, yeah. A, play more... A grade cricket. I'm calling it A grade. That's I don't even know if that's what it's called. But they play a lot of India mm. A cricket around the world mm. and get their next crop of players or yep. guys that are in and out yep. playing cricket at the next level of highest quality they can do against yep. teams all around the world. Whereas we go to Australia and we play one A game, one lines game. That's yep. that's an absolute waste of airfares and hotel bills. <laughs> they, you we've took the got word to look at it. Yeah. 
it, mm. not just, oh, mm. I represented the lines. We've got to look at it as a pathway. You play yeah. county cricket. Yeah. You, you're good enough at county cricket. You mm. can come and play lines cricket. And you're going to go and play three test matches in India because that's where we are. You're going to play three test matches in New Zealand because that's where we are. Yeah. And everyone will benefit from that. Even if they're not playing against New Zealand, hey, you know, even if they're playing against Auckland, mm. they're playing mm. in Auckland. Even if they're playing against Gujarat, they're, they're playing in Gujarat. Yeah. So play against that domestic team and give guys more options in their, you know, they've got a bag of tools when they're going to test match cricket. What have you got? Well, mm. I've got this tool. I've got this tool. Well, actually, yeah. if we do this and we have a pathway, and this is just talking at the kind of elite level, well, actually, I had an India A tour and I played there. I played franchise cricket in Sri Lanka. So I played some team mm. 20 cricket there. I did a Lions tour um, mm. over in Australia. And underneath that, guys that are identified in this system, and they've got to be identified early, what mm -hmm. are you doing this winter? Who's in charge of that conversation of head of youth development for English cricket and goes, hey, mm. Mr. 17-year-old, we think you're going to be good enough to play mm. for England one day, or we think you're highly touted. What, what's your plans? What, what are you doing mm. fitness-wise? Well, yeah. Do you want to go to Australia this, 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 um, this winter and play? We can hook you up with the club because we've got contacts. Take ownership of your whole mm. structure and your players underneath it. There's a lot of sentiments got their own individual drive to go and do it. Yeah, everything you said there is spot on, mate, and there's so much sense in it as well, and it just frustrates that it doesn't seem like England placed the same emphasis on it. It shouldn't be county to test match necessarily, should it? It should be county to Lions to test match. Yep. That should be the stepping stone process. Clearly, county to test match just isn't working. You know, we're going to be looking for the next opener soon, aren't we? Let's take the example of a Jake Libby. He's probably about 28, 29 now. How much Lions has he played? I, I, I don't know is, is my absolute answer, but I don't think it's a hell of a lot. It certainly wasn't when he was at Knotts. You know, Ben Slater, who was at Knotts, another owner, somebody in the background maybe, who's got a, some talent, a bit of a late developer as well, a bit like Jake Libby. Have we identified him in any way that, that's getting him into the right situations and getting the right experiences? Because going from getting breaking, sort of breaking in, establishing yourself into county quite late to then suddenly jump in a test match, you're not going to have had all these really positive experiences because you weren't a big enough name to get the exposure in order to get the big bash contract or the IPL contract to get that experience through franchise. So there has to be a way where we're utilising under-19s, Lions, etc., doing the tours. And what more sense could there be than when England are touring a country, a Lions tour also is going on at the same time? You don't need to be, have fans and great stadiums and all the rest of it. You just need to be on good cricket pitches against good opposition, first-class op opposition, uh, representative opposition. You know, we've got three test matches in West Indies coming up. Are we taking a Lions tour out there? Why Probably not if not, we're mate. not? <laughs> yeah, why not if we're not? You know, if Saki Mahmood, for example, is not in this squad, next squad for the you know, next test squad, why not? And if he's not, why can't he be somewhere getting experience at the same time? These are the players that are, should be the future of England in the not-too-distant future. There's some batsmen in there as well. We need batsmen ready to go very soon yeah. <laughs> because they're gonna, we're going to need them. We're going to run out. It's, it's just yeah. ownership of your game, England. Take ownership yeah. of your structure. Take own, We'll mm. get onto the structure in a second. Take ownership <sighs> of your player pathway. This is how yeah. you do it. You look at rugby, and New Zealand's got a very basic structure. You play club rugby, and then you might go on to play mm. uh, MIDA. It's called MIDA 10, or used to be called MIDA 10 rugby, which is like the provincial rugby. So I represent Auckland yep. or North Harbour or Waikato. Mm -hmm. From there, the best players get picked to play for six franchises. 
not saying mm-hmm. England should have franchises, but the county level part of the game is the next yep. step up. And the best players from that go on and play for the All Blacks. It's just mm. very, this is the pathway to the top. And yep. in English cricket, there's just a huge, huge gap. Now, Jonathan Agnew <laughs> has come forward and Don't. had some comments about this, Rich. And I th- we won't spend forever on it. But it, it is worth talking about because it's the another hot day, topic definitely, mm. of English cricket. So, mm. county cricket should be the lifeblood of our game. It's there to provide and drive the England Test team to be the best in mm. the world, which it previously has been. And given the okay. financial infrastructure and resources and player pools that we've actually got available to us, we should be able to provide high quality cricket, high quality players, and play at a, a world class level. Now, since 2015, when we had a debacle down in Australia and New Zealand with the Cricket World Cup, white ball's been the priority and we've created the best white ball team that's probably it's up there with the West Indies and maybe the Aussie team as well. It's the best white ball team around at the moment. Mm-hmm. Now, KP caused a bit of friction when he came out and said that franchise cricket should be a thing. If England want to get better, they need franchise cricket, less teams, drafts, overseas players coming in, create a real high quality level like you get in T20. And I think the world's a great place because everyone's allowed an opinion. And I think everyone is, <laughs> I think we're naive if we don't put everything on the table to work out what the best outcome is. Jonathan Agnew okay. has has gone again on this. His, his has changed. His view, essentially, I'm, I'm I'm going to paraphrase what's quite a long article on on the BBC is there's 800 teams in commission at the moment and they play in the 100 competition. His viewpoint is that should be increased to 10 and have 10 city-based franchise teams that work off a draft process. And is this, sorry, just to clarify, is this for for four-day cricket? This is for four-day cricket in England. Um, It might not, not necessarily have the same players as 100, but it could use the same system. It's very controversial, especially for someone from Agnew, who I'd probably say is more of a cricket traditionalist. Um, Mm. I can't bookmark him with that, but I would say he's someone that probably holds some core heritage values to the game. What are your thoughts on KP? And what are your thoughts (laughs) on Jonathan Agnew's? approach right <laughs> right i'm not going to take too long on this because i think we need to come back another day and, and dedicate a podcast as we start look towards the summer um there's a lot of structure conversations to be had first and foremost you need 18 county chairman county boards to sign off any of these proposals True. so you're going to basically need eight of those to say we're going to consign ourselves to history we're, we're going to become minor counties in effect um, so it's not happening, in my opinion, at the moment. I've got no problem to a point with players coming or people coming out and suggesting different formats. Um, but it, I don't think it's helpful. Did we? So we we became a brilliant white ball nation. Um, was that was from counties, wasn't it? The hundred only came up last year. So was that not Correct. from counties? Correct. From the blast. So so why why is suddenly everything that's wrong the county's fault? Yeah. You know, everything at fault is a county fault. So so what about the fact that we don't prepare well for test series? What about that we don't select players for the right players? You know, let's work it back a little bit. What about the fact that we don't focus on Lions? What about the pathway? What about the fact that we, we seem to identify players and just stick militantly with these certain players 
as we go through. And this is what happens going into the county setup, let alone what's coming out of the county towards England. We, we forget other players left, right and centre because we're so focused on certain individuals that don't always make it at the other end. There's so many other things. The franchise idea for me is, is not helpful. I don't think that's going to be the way to go. We're not going to rip up all, this, all these years and years of tradition and just go to a franchise system for all forms of cricket. If they want to do it for the 100, if they want to do it to a big bash version, mm. you know, a T20, do that franchise. I ain't got a problem with that. I'm not precious about Trent Rockets or becoming, you know, or out, Knox Outlaws becoming Trent Rockets or whatever. But four-day cricket, come on now. I, I just don't think it's helpful. And I think we're, we're people are swinging to the extreme, aren't they, to yes. try and find the right answer. You know, if things are so bad, suddenly we're panicking, we're, we're rushing a bit. And, you know, God love Ag is the big posho, but it's it's that's not for me. It's just, it's not a, a setup that I would think will improve. I mean, what benefit? I mean, if we got a system, you know, I think you suggested it a few weeks ago, Rob, three divisions, six teams each. It's all about getting the best players to the top. It doesn't matter what those teams are called. So get the best players to the top. Knotts have done a fantastic thing for county cricket this year. Darren Patton, Darren Patterson, James Pattinson is coming back into county cricket and he's coming in on an English passport. So we could hopefully get an overseas player with him as well. That's the sort of bowler that English batsmen need to be facing week in, week out. It's attracting players of that standard to county cricket to make the standard better. It's getting the groundsmen to provide and getting the the counties to agree that we need to produce pitches that are more conducive to having to knuckle down and play some serious four day to to, to the daylight fading on the fourth day cricket instead of these three, three and a half day result pitches all the time. And the lack of quality, quality players. It's great to see some of these county players till the late 30s. And Darren Stevens is an extreme because he's still contributing at the top level. But there is a lot of players in county cricket that aren't helping anybody, probably not even themselves. You know, they probably could be cracking on with another another career at some point. But we need to weed out a little bit and get that, that standard better. Now, how we do that, again, that's another massive conversation. But I don't see how franchise is going to be a silver bullet to solve all the problems. It's about getting the best players on the best surfaces playing against each other and bringing out the best of each other. And on, like the Australian system, they understand if I miss out here, I'm, I'm not going to bat again for a while. Yeah. You know, that's, that's why Sheffield Shield is, or, you know, is, was always revered as such a great setup. That's the key for me. It's not about rebranding and all this nonsense. All that's going to do is bring in a load more money. The yeah. game's got enough money as it is. It doesn't need any more money. It needs to know what it's doing with the money and invest it properly into the counties and the county structure. Yeah, the, 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 I can't remember the actual number, and I'm, it might be one or two off here, but it's about 1.3 billion TV deal to get for Test Match Cricket. So Red Bull Look. Cricket is worth a lot um, to, to the English game. So, yeah, I like this. Three, three divisions, 10 games, six teams in each division, promotion, relegation. Games split across the summer, I still think is necessary. I think you need some at the start before you get into the start of the English Test Match scene to give yep, people yep, warm-ups. Yep, but then yep. the majority of them are during the, the middle period of the summer. Um, yep. Chris, I want to say it's Chris Harris from Leicester made a really, really good point on this going, it's all well and good having the cricket, but the groundsmen haven't got enough time to prepare the grounds. You need about yep. 10 days. And again, these numbers, I'm not a groundsman. Mm. This is just what we're seeing online. You need about 10 days to create a real high quality first-class wicket. They get about two days. And the best wickets are put aside for white ball, TV games, and things like that. So there's there's the overarching stuff. But I think if you, you just look at red ball cricket, what makes it better? A mm. couple of overseas players, 
per team, increase yep. the quality. And Absolutely. then essentially what you're doing is you've got nine players, um, potentially English players from six teams playing at the highest quality cricket in the country. Yep. Uh, that's that's, right. that's really good. There's meaningful games because mm. if you had two up, two down, you know, teams third and fourth in the division are always playing mm. for something. They're playing to try and win the league or yeah. they're trying to avoid relegation. Yeah. It creates, it just creates meaningful cricket, which I feel is yeah. really missed. It was missing during the 18 team era after a while. This is 18 teams. Yeah. Then it went to the te- nine and nine and the 10 and the eight. The 10 and the eight mm. still gets lost. The, the, the code mm. area of county championship cricket, where it gave us the six, six and six in the group stages mm. that provided just every game seemed to matter. And it needs to be more like that. Yeah, it's it's a start, isn't it? I think that's the, you know, if, if, if someone turned around and said, OK, we're going to have six franchise teams. Well, that's basically what we're going to have. We're going to have the six teams are in there and theoretically they should become the best teams yeah. over a period of time. There's more movement between counties now than there ever used to be. Traditionally, yeah. it would be that you just get stuck and depending on who your uh, young players were or who your overseas players were, that's the only difference. But it's not like that anymore. Players are moving left, right and centre. So theoretically, you should be able to move those players up to the top. And unfortunately for some counties, that's just what's going to happen. But then it should give opportunity to younger players. They need to be in- incentivized to play the younger players. I don't want to see older players kicked to the curb just for the sake of it. If they hit 26 and they haven't quite made it, I don't want to see them gone. But there needs to be a bit of an incentive to get younger players in over you know, players that are 30, 32. I don't want to say 31 because Scott Boland's 31. And let's not overlook someone like Scott Boland. Because yeah. if England have got him somewhere, as someone pointed out to me, Luke Fletcher, maybe. We, where's our Scott Boland? Maybe it's Luke Fletcher. <laughs> Get him in. Um, but you, there's got to be, I don't know, there's loads of ideas you could use. There's loads of things you could try and tweak. And there's everybody will have their opinions. I'm really looking forward to speaking to people in positions around county cricket. You know, some people we, we know it'd be good to speak to and other people that are really dialed in. I'd love to know what their opinions are on this. I don't think anybody has got the full answer. And that's really important. We certainly haven't. And I don't think the, the people at power, Tom Harrison and the ECB, have got the full answers at the moment, which is quite worrying because they're the ones paying themselves two and a half million between them or whatever as a bonus. Um, but we need a really grown-up conversation about this. And whilst it's good to have different ideas thrown in the mix, the likes of KP and, and Agus are not helping the conversation, in my opinion. They're taking it off in a different direction, which is too distracting. KP was trying to point to how great county cricket was when he was playing. Was it amazing when he was hitting 355 against Leicestershire for Surrey? Was that a great standard of cricket, KP? No, it wasn't. He's just blowing smoke up where it, he always blows smoke up. He, he doesn't help any conversation, KP. You know my opinions of him. The best player I have seen at county level when he was coming through at Trent Bridge. I loved him for England for a number of years. But the shtick of KP wore thin with me over a number of years of him playing his own game all the time and never, ever accommodating the game situation or the team. And the way he's been off the field, I will never like the man, but I loved the player. Off the field, he just strikes me as one of those people that wants to get the attention. And he's going to throw out any ridiculous idea or any whatever the opposite is of whatever Strauss and Cook might be saying, he'll be throwing out there to try and get his name chucked back in the middle of things. And I just, I don't think it's helpful, but I, I, I'll go for your structure, Rob. I'll, I'll pay you a couple of million. To, pay my structure, to I'll take that. I, I am going to say about I'll, KP, mm, I feel yeah. when you've hit rock bottom where England are at, and I think about this at work as yeah. well, no option or no idea 
is a bad mm. idea. Everything should be on the table. <laughs> and the more people who think differently yeah. to you yes. can create different conversations. And the outcome might not be what yeah. I said. The outcome might not be what KP said or Agus yeah. said. But the more yeah, people fair. that come up with ideas, mm. something will be molded that won't work in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's always the compromise is always the wrong decision. So it needs to be bold. It needs to be a little bit different. It needs to be out there. It needs to be brave. But I just don't think we're going to get anything of any benefit from franchise that we can't get from counties if we look at the structure correctly and all the other things we spoke about. The 100, for me, is such a waste of time because no other cricket uh, country in the world will adopt the 100 because IPL, Big Bash, is so so successful, T20 is. We could have just rebranded and franchised the Big Bash, sorry, Big Bash, the Vitality Blast in England, and I think it would have been a fantastic success. And I think that would have been the way to do it. And it means we wouldn't have had this huge thing lumped in the middle of the summer that's getting in the way of, of the four-day game. That's not to say that's not raising the standard, but it's raising the standard of white ball cricket in a format. That's not helping county cricket as a whole and four-day cricket and test cricket. It's just the 100 is, is a massive issue and I don't know how they get out, get overcome the issue. They're not going to get out of it because they've got at least another couple of years, haven't they? And they're being paid far too much money to, to even consider moving on from it. But it's just, it's a shocker. It really is when you consider everything else. In isolation... It might not be the worst thing that's ever been invented, but when you think of the impact it's having on that calendar in the summer and test cricket, yeah, it's it's a shocker. Um, let us know what you guys think about please, this. I think, I think that's please. really important. We're chewing the fat, kind of going, this is what we think might work. This is what we think good is going to look mm. like. And we've taken that from a domestic structure, how we think championship might work, player pathways to trying to become international cricketers and what the lines look like. Mm. Let us know what you guys think. Maybe you're in favour of Kevin Peterson and Jonathan Agnew's kind of view of the world. I just, I can't <laughs> see it working with the county structures um, no. and their votes being relevant unless there's a complete breakaway in the game. Yeah. Rich, to, to finish the podcast, to finish yep. the Ashes series. Now, I've asked oh on God. Twitter, I said, in one sentence, essentially, what is your <laughs> feeling about... Uh, the Ashes series. Hmm. Paul has come out and he said an embarrassment to English cricket. Sam Gray's come out and said, not surprising at all, will take a long time to put right. If you could, one hmm. sentence, finish the podcast and go, this is what, this is how I feel. This is what English cricket is, English performance. What, what, what does it look like to you? What's that sentence pieced together like? I really, that's a really tough one because I, I genuinely don't feel that bad about things at the moment. I know it sounds crazy, but I feel, do you know sometimes when it gets that bad, this isn't my sentence, by the way, this is just a preamble yeah. before the sentence. You know, when things are that bad and you've hit the bottom, it almost feels like a, a weight's been lifted. It's like, how much worse can this setup get? You know, my American football team got kicked out of the playoffs last night. And again, I don't feel that bad. We, we've ended the season, we move on. You know, we, we can build again next year. And there's an optimism that comes from, from, the, from an end, isn't there? Whenever yeah. something ends, you start looking forward again. And I'm already in that position with England. It was that bad. I'd almost said my goodbyes to English cricket after the second test. Yeah. You know, the, the fifth test, it's, it's long dead, that series. This England team, this England setup in its current form is long dead in my view. I don't know where we go at the moment. I'm looking forward to the test matches in West Indies. The, the T20s in West Indies coming up very, very soon would be a nice little distraction. It's a completely different setup. But I'm already looking forward to the test matches. Change, Rob. We need change. It's simple as that. If this is the opportunity. This is the time 
for change and not little change, but big change in the county structure. ECB, is it fit for purpose? All that sort of stuff. So my sentence is now is the time for change. Mine is 2022 is going to be England's year. Regards, Plonker. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. You know, I'm looking forward to stuff already. I really am. And maybe I've just been a bit like down about one or two things, but a bit of T20 is going to be such a relief coming up soon. We're not watching this, this shambles of a test side. Um, and then we, we, I want to see what the squad is. I know what's going to happen though. My optimism will stop as soon as I see the squad for the West Indies test tour. And it'll be almost identical to this apart from one or two players. <laughs> Sibley will be back in. Burns will be still in the squad. <laughs> so it'll be all Hasim Hamid's fault for this, this result. Yeah. That's, what it, that's what I'm saying now. Oh, I like it, mate. Well, good fun. <laughs> good five test matches if you're based in Australia and wearing an Australian shirt and saying cobber every two minutes. Um, oh, fair play to you. You have thoroughly outplayed England throughout the series. Uh, we're a, a very far distant second, but there's been yep. moments to give us optimism. And 2020, like we said, is a new year. And I'm optimistic to see where we go forward. Thank you so Love much it. for listening, guys. We'll catch you next time.